people are worried about the what if, what's the backlash? My question is, what if you don't do it? What's the consequences? Most likely worst case scenarios never happen. And if you are struggling to make a tough decision, one of the things that I like to do is go, what's the worst case scenario of this decision? And they go, can I live with it? So the worst case is this person's pissed off and they post on social media that we're a bunch of assholes. Okay, can you live with that? And if you can, then doing hard shit becomes a lot easier and let them know how it's affecting other people or the culture or the team or the client experience by them being late, by them talking nasty, whatever, by them gossiping, whatever the, the negative behavior is. It's like, well, first we gotta have a hey you conversation, not a hey guys, hard to do, but this is like where you kind of really strap on your, your big boy pants. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Hello, fellow empire builders. Welcome to another episode of the Fitness Empire podcast. And uh, today, Matt and I are actually mixing up our format. We're actually doing an AMA like all the cool kids are doing. So we got on board and we posted on our social media. I, I emailed my list. We opened it up to the mastermind. And so many, many people were sending in um, and, I, and I picked uh, what I think the ones that you guys would be most interested in. And, you know, for, uh, I guess, everybody's kind of like no uh know how uh we're gonna hit half of them on this episode and then we're gonna hit another episode where we're gonna do more because me and matt don't want to rush through our our answers we're not looking to rapid fire these we want so that when you guys do submit in the future ama you know we're gonna give you a nice thorough answer with action steps and mindset of going into the problem and all the you know how should your team approach it how should you approach it so we just want to really give you a really great answer so that when you guys hear how we answer these, when we open it up, because we're not going to do it often, we do an AMA, submit your biggest pain point. And that is essentially what we want to do. So Matt, you ready to do this, man? We ready to rock? Always ready. Let's go. All right. I love it. So I'm really thinking, again, the reason that these questions are so great to answer right now is because we're in growth season. And so if you're a gym owner and you're listening to this and you're not growing and you're not selling a lot of trials, you're doing something wrong. Like that should not be happening right now. And so listen up, you could probably pull something from these questions, but at the end of the day, if you need more of a specific question answered, submit them to us so that we can put them on the podcast. Cause we like sharing our input with everybody for group learning purposes. So we're going to jump into these, but yeah, just want to preface it with that. Um, so the first comes from a gym owner named Mike. He says, where would be a good place to hire a virtual assistant and what is the best way to implement them into your business? So as a guy who employs almost 60 plus uh, VAs, I think I'll take this one, Matt. And then I, I want to hear yours, you know, input if you have anything to, to lob <laughs> in too. But um, essentially, I have come to learn that there are things that you need boots on the ground to do. Like we need a coach, right? Until there's hologram coaches, uh, we need a coach in the gym running the sessions. And then there's things that often get fumbled when they're doing when they're done in the gym because it's a very distracting environment. You know, this depends on your build out. If you got like a set office space where they can have some quiet, it's great. But most of the time, me and Matt often tell gym owners we're trying to coach them to get the heck out of their gyms 
And it's because they can't get anything done. The clients are talking to them. The team's talking to them. You're just very nitpicking your gym. You see the wires that need to be cleaned up, the paint that needs to be touched up. And so your brain's just going a million miles a minute. And so if you can go to like a coffee shop or you can work from home or you can rent an inexpensive office, you'll see this whole new level of productivity. And so then after I did that and I had that big aha moment, I said, oh my God, I want this for team members that I know are going through the same level of stress that I am. If there's roles that could be done remotely well and I can build out you know, uh, checks and balances, I want to move as many of them out of this distracting environment. Um, and so essentially that's kind of how I set up my business is that the, the people that need to be there, like managers, coaches, like they will be there. But if we can have some support staff, they will be remote. And so that's how I've set up my business. So think about this, like sometimes gym owners have this fear of hiring people online, but I challenge them and I say, how about your digital marketer? Do you want them to come to your gym? Do they have to come and load the ad on a computer in your four walls? Or are you totally cool that they're setting this up wherever they live, right? You just got to take that mindset that you're totally okay having a digital marketer offsite. And, and I bet your bookkeeper doesn't need to show up to your four walls and run your P&L right in front of you. There are jobs that can be done remotely. So in the world of VAs, first off, I'll tell you guys the playbook of how you can do it. There's a lot of different websites that you can post. There's upwork.com. There is onlinejobs.ph. Um, there's many, many. Just look them up, you know, and uh, I mean, heck, even Indeed, you know, you don't have to just go on Indeed to find someone in your in your gym. You can find someone that's going to work remote. And so um, you can go to these websites. You can put up your job posting and essentially know that you kind of almost got to like flip people because many of them go on these places looking for kind of like gigs, like an Uber job or a diner dash. Like they think they're going to get hired for a project and it has an end date. It's almost like mind blowing to hear like, well, I'm going to join your team. Like I'm going to be a full-time team member, like, because that's not normal. And in the work from home type of world, it's very freelancer. It's very do a gig. You know, I'm hiring you to make me some YouTube thumbnails. I'm hiring you to, you know, do this one job and then off you go. So if you have a role that you're trying to fulfill, that's going to be there long-term, say an administrative assistant, a sales rep, an appointment setter, you want to come in and you want to put a job posting up where you're planning to like show them, I want to make you a full part of my team. And in a perfect world, you're starting out of the gates at full time because you know, they're not going to pick up another freelancing job somewhere else. And they're going to go all in on you. Now, this is where VAs get a bad rap. So it's essentially like their English sucks or, you know, different time zone or culture differences, uh, internet, you know, all these types of things. But I say, Hey, it all is about a pay to play, just like hiring here in the U S like if you try to go for the really low cost VAs that people throw around three, four, $5 an hour, you are going to get the lowest skilled workers you could find. And so you save money, but like, how good of a, of a quality talent were they? So like now they just brought more problems in the name of you saving money. And we've had people do this with G gym reinforcements. They're like, Hey, I'm going to go try to hire my own sales rep. And I say, okay, cool. You got to become a recruiter. You got to go learn, learn through the filter through these platforms. And then if you're not a good salesperson, how are you going to know what to look for? Then they need to be trained and then they need ongoing management. And then guess what? They're going to get bored if you don't continue to develop them. So they need ongoing internal education. These are all the things we do at gym reinforcements because I love sales. I hire sales reps. We're talking sales all day. We're going through sales books. We're going through sales courses. We're role-playing. We're listening to calls. So we have like a full sales company culture 
that we are integrating into a gym. And so essentially, if you're hiring, you know, your own VA, don't go for cheap, like start and pay a little bit more. You're going to get higher quality talent. I would even say like a dollar over there is like a $5 increase here. It is, has a huge magnitude. So when you start paying eight, 10, even $15, you'll find people that have worked and supported high level CEOs at C-suite and big companies like an Apple, like a Google and all these other companies. And essentially you can, you need, you need to pay more to get the better quality, right? The second is essentially like get really clear on what you want them to do. Cause sometimes people throw a VA, a pile of stuff and they're like, just everything. I just want you to take everything. And like, they'll only do as good of a job as the training that is given to them. And so if you have crappy training or you're just not clear on the role, like be very specific. What are the top three to five things that they're going to fulfill and build some sort of training manual or go through live training with them on zoom. But like, essentially you need to have a training uh, plan outline. And then in terms of like the concerns about, you know, Hey, they're, they're sounding very ethnic or they're going to like, uh, make my clients feel like we're a scam. You can screen for that. Like, I mean, there there's people in the United States that have, uh, you know, an ethnic sounding voice. And so it's like, you just want to say, we want someone that sounds North American that has a crystal clear North American English voice. Cause guess what? You can't say, I want someone who speaks English. They are speaking English. They just might have a thick accent. And so you screen for that. You say, we don't, we, we're doing this for you because you're going to get a bunch of hang-up calls. You're going to get people to not respond to you. You're going to struggle to make sales. So we're going to put you in a place of hurt if we bring you on the team, if you have a thick accent. So we're not trying to be discriminatory. We're trying to set you up to succeed. And that's why we're willing to allow people on the team that have a North American sounding voice. And so there's courses, there's programs where they can go and learn that. And they are because they know that they can make great money working with people in the United States. Final thing I'll throw, because I know I'm just like vomiting information. But the other thing that gets me excited about working with people overseas is that essentially they're almost the complete opposite end of the time, you know, of the day. So if you've got them working evening, it's an early morning for them. And evenings in gyms tend to be difficult to staff. Like, let's face it, if people got families, they want to be home with their families in the evening. It's a, it's a hard thing to fulfill. And I often say in the fitness industry, in my experience, we're kind of like a steakhouse. We're only open for dinner. That's where we make the most money with sales. You don't see a whole lot of sales in the morning and the afternoon is slow. And then evening, there's this mad dash. So you kind of kind of think of your gym as like a Mastro's or a Fleming's. Like we only open up for a five or six hour window in the evening and we collect a ton of cash and then we got to do it again tomorrow. Do you make some in the morning afternoon? Sure. But if you track your, your metrics, you'll probably see it's a, a huge amount and more in the evening. And so essentially we want people working evenings. And so when they're working opposite hours of the day, that works in our favor. If they're going to work a 5 a.m., well, essentially it's going to be like 5 p.m. here. So you could say, I want you to work till nine, you know, answering messages and stuff like that. And it's only up till 9 a.m. So it's a much more desirable setup for them in that way. Those are all just like tips, best practices when you're hiring a VA, give you guys where to hire them, best practices when you're screening for them. But if, finally, like the way to implement them is to start slow and to ramp up. Like I would just add one or two tasks a week. Like I, VAs do learn fast and essentially they like to be organized. And, and, you know, again, if you can be organized for them, great. But I know a lot of business owners are not organized and that's why they're hiring them. They're like, I need help. But like the wrong thing to do is just give them a list of 20 things and say, welcome to the team. It's start with two 
make sure that they did it well, add another one or two, and eventually you can keep adding more. And it, it actually is a, is a great relief when you can delegate all this stuff and, and know that your team is being maximized. Because what I look for is like, what are we paying high dollar, you know, US employees to do that we can easily pay somebody a third of the hour or hourly wage overseas and save us some payroll and it drains the team of energy. And it's usually administrative stuff and just task tracking and just like little fine details. So that's my long-winded answer to that, Matt. But as a guy coming from that world, like I had a lot to say on it. Anything you want to share on that? Well, I've never hired a VA in my life. Um, <laughs> but when I, I work with a lot of gyms that have hired VAs and I've heard the good, the bad, um, and what to do and what not to do. Um, obviously one of those people is you, but one of the things to just really think about, I don't think it's any different than you're hiring an employee. Like that's the level that you should be looking at this through, right? So the first thing that before you go out hire an employee, you look at what's the job description that I want this person to do, because there's obviously going to be VAs that can do sales. There's going to be people that are administrative. There's people that do other things, right? So really what is it that you want them to do? Get crystal clear on that or else you're going to have a massive problem and you're going to be like, I never should have done this and it's just too much work. And that's because you weren't organized on the front end, right? And then what type of person do do you want back to, you know, do they need to speak in uh, a certain accent? Do they need to be able to do X, Y, and Z? Um, but you are going to be at the end of the day, like obviously you're not going to be in the same room as them, but you're going to have to work with them. Right. So like I would still look at make sure that what type of person do you do you want to work with? Right. And then have that clear onboarding because that will be the biggest mistake and make you go, I wish I never did this is if you expect them to go and figure it out, this should be something that you've already figured out and systematized. And now you can just teach them the system of what you need them to do so that you gain that time and efficiency. It shouldn't be like hey, we need to figure this out and we're going to hire a VA to go figure out our business. It should already be systematized. You should already have a process in place. And really now they're making you way more efficient. So let's pretend you put them in a administrative position of, hey, somebody got onboarded and now we need to add them to this group and this CRM and this thing and that thing. And like now they're just kind of following the process and clicking the buttons that would take your your time a few hours, but now you're get, getting up that time. But if it's not in place and you want them to go figure it out, like now you're wasting a bunch of time. So I would just encourage you that you have it all figured out before you go and start looking for that person. No different than if you were to to hire somebody. Because if you were to hire anybody and they're working in your office and they're like, yeah, here we don't really have a job description and don't really know what type of person would be good in this role. And uh, here's some stuff that we need to figure out. Good luck. Yes. That person be like, what the hell just happened to me? And I'm not working here anymore. Like I just made a massive mistake. Right. So start with the end in mind. And no matter if it's a VA or a regular person, that that's really how you should be functioning your business anyways. hundred percent. And, um, and you know, you gotta enforce the rules the same way. Like, you know, they are getting up at four or 5 AM to work for your gym at four or 5 PM. And people are going to sleep through alarm. Humans are humans. So you got to like hold the line on like, hey, we don't tolerate lateness. You need to put a double alarm. Like, you know, um, hey, my internet went out. Okay, you need to get a backup. Like, you know, basically the same thing you would give a team member, you have to hold it online. I know gym owners, again, just tend to be trepidatious because you're so used to seeing your team in person 
to then think that there's somebody else working on your team that isn't live there. It's just a mindset shift. But as you build trust, again, that's the whole reason of adding one or two tasks a week, you will start to feel free. And I'll tell you, that's that's the huge benefit. And so, you know, I, I would just coach people who are looking, don't, don't go lower than $8 because that's where I find the pain that exists. You know, um, very ethnic voice, uh, lots of misses, lots of, you know, sleeping through, low skill, lots of grammar issue, all exists under $8 an hour. So like, I know that that's also the play that VA companies throw out there. Like get someone for four bucks, but again, they're going to bring pain. So I would just coach like start at eight and go up. But don't you also find that if you don't pay enough, then they go and find another job and then you're replacing them anyways. And that causes a lot more pain. So you hire them, they go find a better opportunity and, and then they leave too. Right. So like, I got to imagine at the lower pay rates, you also have a lot of turnover, which yeah. that causes its own pain because you're starting all over again. Yes, absolutely. So same thing applies to coaches, right? You got to be competitive with pay and then you keep your team and, um, you know, then they're going to be with you a long time. So hopefully that answered that question, Mike, I'm going to move on to the next one. And that are, that's, uh, what are good ways to refocus yourself with your personal and your work life? So Matt, do you want to kick off what you want to advice you'd want to give to Mike around this? Well, everything just starts with clarity. That's it. Get clarity on what you want those things to be. So for me, like if I'm looking for work life, like what type of, for me, like what type of dad do I want to be? What type of husband do I want to be? What type of home life balance do I need? What do I need to do to meet the needs of, of my wife and, and my kids? And, and sometimes we have all these open loops because we just haven't gotten clear. Like for, for my wife, I always say, and, and people laugh at me, but I'm just open and honest. I say, what do you need from me? Like, what's the minimum expectation? And I will meet it, right? So like, I don't have to guess what my wife needs from me or I don't need to guess what her expect. Like, if I don't spend an hour with my son at night, I know my wife is going to be upset with me because I didn't spend time with my my son for an hour at night and I'm going to hear about it, right? Like, that's a minimum expectation is I know I need to carve out an hour uh, to to be with my son. And, and just so we're clear, like there's some times where I'm like, I have work to do and I have shit I want to do, but I know that's the minimum expectation. So I go and do that and then I get back to what I need to do because if I don't, then I'm going to have some stuff that's not so great in the household, right? But it, everything in life, in your business, in your life just gets too crystal clear of what do you want and then you can figure out the, the how. A lot of people try to do the how and then what do I want type of thing? And, and that doesn't work. So I would, I would remove yourself from your, remove yourself from your business. Hypothetically speaking, pretend you're at a 30,000 foot view and you're looking down on your life and your business. How do you want your life and your business to look? And then you can go and figure out the how and create the plan of how am I going to make that happen? And then there's just really what do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? What do I need to keep doing? So once you know what you want, then you have to have an honest conversation with yourself and going, you know, what am I not doing right now? What do I need to stop doing because it's not in alignment with my vision that I have for my business or my life? And it gets pretty clear of the actions then you need to take. And what I would ask you to do is, again, now remove yourself and pretend that you are your coach. So you are not you. You are your coach looking at your life and how you run and operate your life and your business give yourself advice. You're going to give yourself the best advice because you also know yourself. 
you know your weaknesses, you know your lies, you know your bullshit, you know where you're not integrity with where you say you're, you know, you say you want X, but you're not doing X. You can give yourself that real advice. So I just take the hat off, put on the coaching hat and be looking at your life and going, hey, you say you want to do these, what do you need to start doing, keep doing and stop doing? Right. And give yourself that real advice. And then if you have other people in your life that know you pretty well, do the same thing. Say, hey, this is the vision I have for my life and my business. From your perspective, what do you think I need to start doing, stop doing, and keep doing? And you might uncover a, a few things as well, right? Because more than likely, whenever I talk to people that have a similar question, they already know the answer. They already know what they need to do. They just need to go do the thing they already know they're supposed to do, right? So we all have some good habits. We all have some bad habits. But you have to want to change those habits in order to get those. But if you don't know what the vision is, you don't know what the target is, it's impossible to figure out the plan, then it's also impossible to figure out what do I need to start doing, keep doing, and stop doing. So that would be my advice. Love it. And all I'm going to throw in there is I say, you could also give yourself permission to go through seasons. Like right now, like I said, I'm in business mode. I'm in growth mode. I'm, I'm locked in on helping people with their health and fitness and I'm in that season. But I also know there's times where my kids are off on their breaks and I'm probably gonna go more into a family season. And I and it, saying it out loud helps me and I also like arm my team. Like, hey guys, next week, I'm gonna only be available half the week because I'm gonna be spending more time you know, with my kids. And so saying it out loud is like, gives me permission and then it helps hold me accountable. And then, you know, like I'm a calendar guy. So I put blocks of like just basically my version of saying no to other people like if it's like if it's a date night it doesn't matter who you are you're getting a no from me that that time is blocked out um me and my daughter we go and have uh, coffee every saturday i don't care what kind of fire is going on in our business nobody can get on the phone with me when i'm on daddy daughter date with her so build in a few no periods where it's just and then if you have your, your own personal hobby you're like i just want to go do this on friday afternoon block that out as no time and just put two or three no times that regardless of what's going on, you'll say no to everybody. And then also when I hear that, like where, where, how do I kind of work my personal, my professional balance? My question back to the person is like, well, what season are you in? Are you in a season of grinding and growing? Are you in a season where your business is healthy and you want more family time and more more personal time? Um, and so again, like that, that's kind of another question you gotta ask yourself and it can change throughout the year. You don't have to say, I'm doing this all year, right? We have to take different seasons. And uh, one one easy question too, like once you get crystal clear on what you want, you know, it goes back to asking one question, who do I need to become? So obviously that goes into the start, stop and keep, but really who do I need to become in order to to have that happen in in my life? And that starts giving you some, some really solid answers uh, as well. So I do agree with the seasons. There are just going to be some seasons where life does change uh, when we did the, when we did the domination workshop i literally told my wife uh the day before i was like for the next three days i don't exist like and it's it's just setting clear expectations because the, the gap between uh, obviously reality and expectations is where all frustration is and that's where it lies and can cause problems in our life so there are going to be seasons where you're like hey for the next three days i don't exist but on Sunday, it's it's all you and Reiner, right? So like, I understand like, and she she understands because it's I set a clear expectation. She knows where my focus is going to be, 
So those nights, she's not going, well, you didn't spend an hour with Reiner. And now instead of me focusing on everyone that came in the domination workshop, I'm focusing my attention on my wife who's not happy with me because I didn't set proper expectations with my wife of what she can expect of me over the next you know, three days. Obviously, you can't do that all the time, but you would be amazed at how much frustration goes away when you just set clear expectations for people of what they can expect from you and then you meet those expectations. If you set expectations with people and then you're not beating them, then you will have people that are frustrated and upset with you, including yourself. So if you have unrealistic expectations of what you should be doing or could be doing or hoping to be doing and then you're not beating them, then you are going to have a lot of frustrations and shame in your life. And it's only because you have unrealistic expectations. So you get to set the expectations in life. You get to help dictate what people's expectations are. And that massively helps me, especially in those seasons that Dustin was talking about of, hey, I can't I can't be super dad, super husband, and super business guy right now. I can only be be one, but I'll get back to doing what's needed later on. But now there's no frustration. She goes, I know, I understand. Yes. Versus a lot of people like my spouse isn't on board. Uh, that's just because you haven't clearly communicated and you haven't set proper expectations, which no kidding, they're not on board. Hey guys, Dustin here and I'm excited to announce we are now enrolling for the Fitness Empire Mastermind and gym owners who are over 30,000 a month in revenue are welcome to apply. Now why 30,000 in revenue? Well, we need you to have the ability to take action on what we're gonna be coaching you. And if you're not there, use it as fuel to get there in the near future so we can welcome you in, all right? So if you wanna apply, just go to fitnessempiremastermind.com and click the apply now button, sign up because enrollment will not be open for long and we wanna bring you in and give you all the resources you need. You're gonna have weekly coaching calls with me and Matt. You're gonna have team trainings that you can send your team to. We're gonna give you resources for marketing and sales and checklists so that you have every tool you need to be successful. We've even outlined it in a $1 million gym roadmap, okay? So go to fitnessempiremastermind.com, click the link and we'll see you on the inside. Yes, love that. All right, we're gonna go to our next question. This came from a gym owner named Jody. She asks, "What's the best way to terminate the membership of a toxic client?" So I got a fun story I'll share with you guys. Uh, I don't know if I haven't shared it with you, Matt, but one day we were doing a nutrition seminar at our gym, and it was right after our final session of the night. And so we're putting away the equipment, and we have our own plastic chairs, so we're bringing out plastic chairs. And one of the clients is helping me, and she said, "Hey, Dustin." save one of the front row seats for me. I'm really t excited for today's nutrition seminar. I was like, okay, I got you. So I'm setting up the chairs and then a bunch of clients, you know, arrived that were not in the session. They were just showing up for the seminar and they were like a mob of ladies. So they all sit the whole front row. They all just take it. They had no idea, right? They just walked in. So this client that was helping me set up the chairs went over to the group of ladies and said, one of those chairs was mine, you stupid bitch. And so uh, at that moment, I was like, what? Like, this is a nutrition seminar. Like, you're not meeting, you know, Michael Jordan. Like, how are you so, like, frustrated? And how did you just come off of a workout so negative? But the clients had no idea. They just showed up and they sat in the front row because they saw it was open. So that client obviously was, like, you know, in the wrong. And I said, you need to leave now. That was not appropriate. And then I just emailed her literally that night. And I said, your membership has been revoked. That is not okay. Um, you cannot be treating 
you know, our clients, we cannot be saying that thing to, you know, other people in our gym. And you know what? She'd even fight and defend herself. She said, I understand. Thank you. And then just kind of went away. Right. And so I'm sharing a very extreme example of where I had to, you know, uh, terminate a member. But, um, I know that again, what, what's hard is like, we don't know the severity when, when somebody asks this, like, do they just smell like, and so are we going to get rid of them for that reason? Or is it, have they said something negative to a team member or a client? So that's the only, I wish we had is more context, but like generally you, you do have to fight, uh, hold the line and fight for the culture. Cause your team and your clients are basically looking at you when those moments happen and say, what, what are they going to do? And if you don't stand up and defend the culture, then they don't believe in it anymore. Like you're, you're, you're kind of a pushover. Right. And so that's why right there I had to step in cause I knew my team and my clients were looking at me wondering what's going to happen. And so essentially the first thing that I would recommend is like, number one, like, have we done everything in our power to not have to go this route? Right. Like, and so this client, again, there were moments that kind of like rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So that was just the one for me that broke the camel's back. It wasn't just a one-off, like it, the, the boil, the water was boiling already. So have we done everything? Have we coached them up? Have we had one-on-ones? Again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of making sure that we do one-on-one coaching conversations with a client. Because sometimes we wrongfully believe we can coach the group by giving out, hey, guys, announcements. Hey, guys, please, everyone be on time, right? And you really just need to say to this one person. But what I've learned is the people you're trying to talk to are not receiving it. Otherwise, they would have been abiding by the rule. They didn't hear the orientation. They didn't hear it when you remind them. So they're just like, they're nodding and they're like, yeah, everybody should be on time, not knowing you're talking to them. And so when you do the, hey, guys, what you need to change it to is, hey, you. I need to talk to, hey, you, like you and I need to have a one-on-one conversation. Here's what's going on and let them know how it's affecting other people or the culture or the team or the client experience by them being late, by them talking nasty, whatever, by them gossiping, whatever the the negative behavior is. It's like, well, first we got to have a, hey, you conversation, not a, hey, guys, right? So like, have we done everything in our power? Have we done, very, you know, been direct? And then, um, you know, essentially... Do, do you feel like this is like a group consensus? Do you feel like the whole team agrees with it or is it just triggering you? Because sometimes I see the gym owner kind of abuse that they own the place and anybody that they just don't like, they just kind of like kick them out, right? And they try to make it just a group of their friends. But do you feel other people feel the same way as you, right? Is there like a group consensus around this decision? Um, so those are some things I would kind of arm you before you go and do it. But in my opinion, it, it, it's best done you know, talking to the person, whether it's over the phone or face to face, that was a moment where it was like, for me, I sent down an email cause I wanted it to be instant. And I just had a nutrition seminar that we, we were running and it was late. So I just, I also did not want them to come in the next day. I wanted to make sure I nipped it in the butt and they didn't show up and have like this awkward thing where like now they're there working out with the same people they just cursed out the night before. So I did it that, that way, but essentially you, you know, you, you would do it on the phone or in person. And just explain to them why, right? And and just kind of give them that that brutally honest feedback. It's hard to do, but this is like where you kind of really strap on your your big boy pants, if as they would say, uh, being a business owner. So you got to do it with team members. If they were not following your core values, if they're not following your behavior standards, you would totally let them go. It's really hard to do with a customer, but you got to do it if they're breaching that as well. Well, what would you chime in with, Matt? Yeah, the the point where you said in the the hey you conversation is massively important. I've just found that most people in life are not aware. Um, they're not aware of their surroundings. So 
They're not aware of how they're making people feel around them. They're not aware that when they did that, that's off-putting or disrespectful or rude. And sometimes you're like, there's no way they're not aware. Sometimes they're just literally not aware. So when you are trying to do the, hey, everybody, because it's easier, and that's just a really sissy way of doing leadership and hoping they understand and they get it without you really you feeling uncomfortable uh, about having to have that conversation. So making sure that you're meeting with that person and in person or over the phone is absolutely necessary. And all you have to just say is, this makes me feel really uncomfortable. But as the owner of this business, I do have to address it. Multiple people have brought it to my attention and it's having an impact on our team. It's having impact on our clients and the behavior needs to stop. So this is what needs to happen. Um, you know, sometimes clients complain all the time. Like it might just be they complain about everything and you just bring it up. Like every time we try to make a change, every time we do something, like you're always upset about it and it may not be a good fit for us to be to get. Like if everything we do upsets you, then it probably doesn't make sense for you to be here anymore because that's the last thing that we want to do is make you upset all the time. Our job is to make you healthy, uh, happy and fit, not not upset. Um, so if everything we do is going to continue to upset you, it's probably better. We just part ways and you find somewhere that's not going to do that to you. Um, so you can leave it in their core. Either they're like, no, 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 no. Um, but I would just leave and just say, Hey, if this behavior continues, I will be forced to terminate your membership, which I don't want to do. Like you're a valued client. You know, we love having you here, but you know, ultimately like this behavior can't continue. So, you know, if you decide to stay on with us, it's you're agreeing to not do this behavior anymore. Or if you don't think you feel like you can do that, then it's probably just better that we we part ways and And then let them also let them talk or manager. Don't you think they got to be the one to step in and have this conversation? Like the coach says it, they're going to say, I need to talk to the supervisor. So I might as well just skip that step. I would not even like throw the coach. I would say like, hey, multiple people or multiple coaches or multiple what you don't want to do, especially if that person stays and like, oh, it was so-and-so coach and now they're holding a grudge against, you know, against that yeah. coach, which obviously if they do, then they can just leave anyways. But I would make it, you know, again, hey, multiple instances, it's at a level that I have to address it, da 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 Like try not to use people's, people's names. Obviously, if you want to give uh, examples, oftentimes giving examples is really good. And the same thing if you're giving feedback for a team member, if you can give specific examples of what happened and the effects of that, then it makes it a lot more real versus just feeling like people are talking poorly about them and now they're upset that other people are talking poorly about them. Um, obviously, if it's like a Dustin situation where they cursed people out and that's just, hey, that doesn't align with our values. We don't do that here. That's a one strike and you're out policy. Then you know that's a little bit different. But if you're like, hey, this conversation could go one of two ways, that tends to be the best part. Like we've had, you know, people that have smell bad, right? And you're like, how do you have that? Con-? They don't realize they smell bad. If they knew they smelled bad, they probably wouldn't smell bad, right? And you just say, this is really embarrassing for me. But I've had multiple people say that, like, hey, like you have an odor when you you work out. Um, do you wear deodorant or do you do anything to do that? Because obviously it's, it's bothering a lot of people and, you know, we need to make some changes. Right. And then guess what? Like we've even had coaches that smell and they're not aware that they smell. 
Yep. So, and then they just load up on more more uh, deodorant, or they didn't realize they had deodorant, but they didn't realize their deodorant sucked and doesn't work. So sometimes it's just making people aware. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but they're going to be more embarrassed than anything else. And you're going to be uncomfortable and you want to avoid it because you're uncomfortable. But if you continue to allow it to happen, to Dustin's point, your team is watching, your clients are watching, and that's your culture. Your your culture and your standard is the lowest thing that you tolerate. Not what you put on a piece of paper, not what you say, but what is the lowest thing that you tolerate from other people? That's your true standard. That is your true culture. That is your true, like, what you value in life. So just keep that in mind. And uh, it's uncomfortable, but I promise you, uh, I think Alex Ramosi says this. He says, everything in life is on the other side of a few uncomfortable conversations. And and that's the, that's the truth. Or else it's going to cause you angst. It's going to cause you stress. It's going to cause you worry when you could just get rid of that with, with one conversation. And uh, the, the last part is people are worried about the what if. What's the backlash? What's the, my question is, what if you don't do it? What's the consequences? What's the what's the backlash? And most likely, worst case scenarios never happen. And if you are struggling to make a tough decision, one of the things that I like to do is go, what's the worst case scenario of this decision? And they go, can I live with it? So the worst case is this person's pissed off and they post on social media that we're a bunch of assholes. Okay. Like, can you live with that? And if you can, then doing hard shit becomes a lot easier. Uh, another example I'll just share is we had like a, a, a gentleman client stay after when we only had female team members closing. And so they just kind of said he just, you know, if he was like more of a, like a gentleman and he was like a little bit more like just, I don't know, like just polite, we probably wouldn't mind. But they're like, he just came off creepy. Like he was trying to hit on us and we just wanted him out. And also he's distracted like because now the show is on. They still are trying to like talk to him, but they're also trying to close the gym up and get rid yeah. of the trash or write up the boards and everything. And so, you know, again, we had to kind of come and say, hey, it just makes the ladies feel uncomfortable. They would appreciate it, like the session's over and you just exit and they can lock up and they can close up. And so, you know, there's countless examples. I'm just sharing another, but I don't know yep. how you feel about this, Matt. I would actually maybe even give in a refund, you know, like if you want to just- 100%. Dude, the creepy, <laughs> the key, creepy guy situation, address that immediately because there's a reason why they feel the way that they do and it is a creepy guy. Right. So not all, oh, no, I'm really sorry. You made our coaches feel uncomfortable as a, no, exactly. We're male owners, right? As a man, I can't allow that to happen. I need to protect my team. So you're, you're no longer hearing this. They're like, ah, oh, who cares? Cause if somebody comes back and you say, I'm re like the guy was creeping out our coach, our female coaches. And I don't tolerate that. And I asked him to leave. No one would have, like, they'd respect you more. Right. So, one of the things that I look at too is if people knew I didn't take action on this and I knew what I knew, what would people think of me? Like what what would my reputation be, right? So I'd be more worried about that of something happening and then you didn't take action. Now that's way worse than any other scenario that could have happened by you, by you addressing that person, right? Because there are just some, dude, just, it sucks, but there are just some creepy dudes they're usually like mid forties, mid fifties that just linger and are creepy and check out your coaches or they're even there to check out your other fucking clients, get them out. Nothing will make 
your clients not want to be there faster than some creepy dude that they know is there to, to check them out. But like you said, like, they're not aware they're them. creepy. They think they're normal. And it's like, yeah. no, we totally can, we can smell it, dude. You're creepy. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're a creeper. I had one guy, he was a UPS driver and he was straight up like, he was there to check out the ladies. And I had to ask him to leave because like, it was like, I'm, I, that was back in the day when I'm coaching and I could tell he was checking out the girls. And I was like, oh, nope. Like, it's time to go, dude. Like, who cares if you offend a mid 50 year old dude that's a fucking creep? Get them out, protect the people that you care about. You know, obviously that's a random situation, but that stuff does happen. And uh, I've had it where some of our managers haven't done the right thing. They've given creepy dudes like that a second chance. And now we have a, you know, a clusterfuck because they didn't want to offend some creepy middle-aged dude that shouldn't be at your location. Nope. Yeah. Do what's right, baby. Do what's right. Yes. And and like we were saying, Jody, like, because I know she's the one that's asking this, a refund, however much you feel like you can give a month, two months, three months, like just buy yourself out of the problem and just send them off almost like severance with an employee. Like, here you go, just go away and you get some money and put that towards a new gym or a new place. Right. And that would be another way to try to end it on a positive note. That's how, you know, again, I'm trying to do it. Will they still be negative? Could they give you one star review to Matt's point? Yes. But is it worth you saving how many clients might cancel if they stay in the program? So it's like, take take the take the risk and do it. Um, all right, we're gonna go to the next question. This one comes from a gym owner named David. How can I get my team to follow through on changes that we are implementing? I am a weak manager and I don't like to micromanage. So Matt, I'll let you start on this one. Yes. Yeah, so super simple. If you're doing weekly meetings, that is the place that you can retrain set expectations and ensure people are doing things correctly. So one of the best ways to do that is to either role play um, so that people are basically showing you that they know what they need to do. Because if you can show me that you know what you need to do, then you can do it in the locations or actually have them teach, teach it to the group. Because if you can teach it, you can do it. If you can teach it, you can't be like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. That, that's all bullshit. So like that all goes away and then using those meetings for, you know, accountability. So if you have weekly to do's, you can, uh, you know, like done or not done. Did you finish the things that you're supposed to be doing? So if you run meetings correctly, you can actually have lots of accountability, but you can use that for retraining. You can do that to inspect what you expect. And then you can ensure that they have no leg to stand on why they didn't do what they need to do because they know what they're supposed to, to be doing. So that is the easiest way if you like, hey, we're making a new change. This is a new system. This is a new process. That is ways that you can be able to do that. And then the first time you catch somebody not doing it, you need to have a conversation. Because if somebody's not doing it and you let it slip and then you let it slip and then you let it slip and then one day you're like, finally, I'm going to say something. It's too late, right? So like you need to be willing to go, hey, if we're making a change, you then need to be willing to hold people accountable to to that change. So a perfect example, if somebody's supposed to send you an end-of-day text and they don't send it to you, like, so my team sends me an end-of-day text of what did we sell today? And if that text isn't there, then I follow up and say, hey, where's my, like, you didn't send me a text. So if I don't hold them accountable, guess what they go? It's not important. It doesn't matter. They don't care. 
It's just another thing they want us to do, but really it doesn't matter. So I'm just going to do what I want to do anyways. Right. So the only way to, to change that perspective is now to have accountability and own it. Just say, guys, I've been a weak manager. I've been a weak leader. Um, you know, with these changes moving forward, there is going to be more accountability. And when you don't do something, I am going to check you on it. Um, so just realize I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I'm not like I need to do a better job of holding you you accountable. And I haven't been doing that. Um, and it's been hurting me and it's been hurting the business. And honestly, it hurts you guys because, you know, without that accountability, then there's not opportunities for you. So I'm going to do a better job. So one of the ways to make the changes is own that you've sucked. And then what you're going to do moving forward. And then just even ask for them to hold you accountable to holding them accountable, right? It just changes the the relationship a lot. But if you don't own it, like, hey, I haven't been doing what I need to do, then it's just like, yeah, okay, we've heard this song and dance before. So those are the ways that you can go to changing your culture very, very, very quickly and uh, create an encounter of accountability, even if you're a wuss and don't, and, and you struggle to do that. Love it. Yeah, I, I think... Most of the problems in in our business is reoccurring. So I like to say reoccurring problems need a reoccurring solution, right? You run out of toilet paper every month in your house. You got to go buy new toilet paper, right? There's a new problem and needs a solution. So the team meeting, I love that idea because it's such a hijack into what you will always do. You will never miss your team meeting. You'll always be there. Your team will always be there. So why not hijack that and put it in as a line item on the issues list and just say, hey guys, so this is our accountability. Did everybody get their to-do list items done? Hey, give me an update on our important metrics with the scorecard. And so you can just go through what you need to know and kind of get a status update on your business. And everybody can get a status update with each other on things they're working on, projects, tasks, et cetera. And that way you don't miss it. Cause there's things that like we don't miss, right? You're there every week, you don't miss it. And so those are the things you need to look out for to put in these systems because then they won't get missed. Cause if you just put it on your notepad, you might do it a week or two, and then as life continues, you forget about it, and it's because it wasn't in a place that's set up reoccurring to you know be there with this reoccurring problem. So I yeah, think- and then also in the team meeting, you have now group accountability, not just you as the the manager, or the leader. Now you have group accountability, which a lot of people don't want to go in front of their peers and say, "Yeah, I didn't do what I was supposed to do," right? Or they don't want to look stupid in front of their peers. So if you're saying, "Hey, we're going to role play," or you're going to to teach a certain subject today. Or if maybe you're doing personal development, you're like, hey, come with your three biggest takeaways and you're going to share it with the group. They're going to come way more prepared because they're going to be way more accountable to that group because no one likes to look stupid in front of a group. So understanding human dynamics comes into why these things become super ineffective. And I've had to learn throughout the years, right? Because I'm not a, me personally, I'm not a great manager. I don't like to micromanage. I don't like to hold people accountable. So you got to create the systems that help you hold people accountable and get the actions and the behaviors that you want. And once it's systematized, then you just manage against the system and then great things start to happen. Love it. All right, guys, well, we're going to wrap up. If you guys enjoy this AMA, then join us next week because we're going to continue more. We have some more great questions coming in and hopefully you guys are enjoying this so that the next time we do another AMA, you guys submit some questions too. So We will end it here and we will send you guys or see you guys next week. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here. And I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple. 
because I want to show you how to convert more of your leads into sales, how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident. All right. And so I'm going to share my best sales strategies, but you got to join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm going to give you a free gift. And that is a PDF called five ways to get more sales in your gym. So join the group. I'll tag you on the PDF and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.